0: Hi guys, my name is Adele Onyango and welcome to another episode of Legally Clueless. No, seriously, I have no clue what I'm doing, but I'm pretty sure I'm not the only one. Hey, welcome back to Legally Clueless. I cannot believe that we are one episode away from 60 weeks of Legally Clueless. 60, that's almost double my age. Okay, no, it's not because I'm 31, but you, you get what I'm saying. <laughs> It's so hectic and I know I say this a lot, but I'm so thankful that you listen to the podcast. I'm so thankful that you are part of the tribe and I'd like to start off by shouting out a couple of people whose comments I just stumbled on because I only just figured out where the comments are on one of the platforms that this podcast is on. Honestly guys, I'm learning this podcast thing as I go. So Francis Ndungu, a big shout out to you. You were asking on last week's episode for a download link to my song, Sijia Skiza code. Listen, my music career died. It's dead and buried and it's in your best interest to leave it (laughs) as such. Okay. (laughs) Just looking out for your ears, man. Let's Pretend that phase in my life does not happen. <laughs> Another shout out going out to Linda Juju, to Chio Kim, and someone with such an interesting name Revla June Kush. Kush. <laughs> I'm not even going to ask why, but you know what? Thank you so much for being part of the Legally Clueless tribe. So coming up in this episode on 100 African Stories, if you're one of those people like me who periodically asks yourself what your purpose is, you are going to enjoy the 100 African Story on this episode. I got to record an actual musician, not somebody masquerading as one like me. And while recording her, somebody else joined the story and just really gave a lot of insight into purpose and trying to figure out, you know, why are you here? How can you live your life to its utmost fullest? It's so funny. I always keep saying how I want to make sure I have very little unlived life inside of me by the time I'm kicking the bucket the story on this episode really had me thinking of that I absolutely love that on Legally Clueless there's so many different African voices and African stories that you hear because that was something that I wanted to do with this podcast to be able to add as many voices to the African narrative because it feels like globally there's like two ways to be African you know what I mean And I wanted to be able to create a space for us to tell our stories, all types of stories, from relationships to careers, to grief, to business. And I love that now you who's listening gets a chance to be able to share your story as well. So if you check out the description of this podcast episode, you will see the podcast hotline number. To be able to share your story on Legally Clueless, you just need to send me a one-minute WhatsApp audio note to the podcast number, just telling me a bit about the story you want to share. And I will send you some story prompts to kind of help you think about the story a bit more. And then we'll record it remotely, of course, because Corona. And also because, I don't know, you could be in Ghana, in South Africa, in Nigeria. Maybe you're not even on the continent because... There's a lot of Africans in the diaspora, but your voice matters, and we want to hear it on this podcast. And speaking of all of those amazing African countries, also in 100 African Stories this episode, I will be sharing one thing that is a first for us, and that is revolutionizing how Africans interact with each other financially, and I am here for it. So that's going to be coming up shortly. However, we are in the middle of... I don't like calling this a new normal because it feels like it's a pause. It's a global pause. It's uncomfortable. And it's definitely having major ripple effects. So very interested to know how you are handling living in this pandemic. Depending on where you are, you're probably either in a lockdown or a curfew or something related to that. I mean, us in Kenya, we just got our curfew extended by another 21 days. And I know these like mega ripple effects either on your mental health. And if that's something that you're experiencing, if you listen to episode 54, I had a clinical psychologist on the podcast and she shared some. Really amazing tips that you can use during this pandemic to kind of just like take care of your mental well-being. Some of the tips I have fallen off the bandwagon of, like the one of having a routine. This past week, I have not followed my routine. I have not done my exercise. I'm wishy-washy on my regular meals thing. (laughs) But I'm really hoping that this coming week I'll get back on the bandwagon because having a routine really helps. It keeps your mind so busy that it doesn't wander off into dark thoughts or overthinking and things like that. So I know that was one of the tips she gave. She also talks about not disrupting your sleep schedule, which again, I have seriously disrupted my sleep schedule this past week. But I promise to do better this coming week. I promise. Another ripple effect of this pandemic, though, is on incomes. So I have a friend who, together with his sister, have this brilliant restaurant and was just picking up, finding its footing in the industry. And then Corona happens and then you have to shut down. And that means all the people that they had employed are now out of a job. The company I used to work for announced salary cuts. (sighs) And it's not the only company to do that. There are very many people who are freelancers um, and not just freelancers, freelancers whose jobs are directly linked to events or gatherings, all of which have been postponed or canceled. And that is a lot. That is a lot to digest, especially what I've found is so irritating about this pandemic is that nobody knows. So regardless of where you are, there's no saying, Okay, we're going to be in this mess for the next two weeks, two months, two years. You know what I mean? And so that state of not knowing is extremely uncomfortable. But back to another tip that um, Wangoi, the clinical psychologist, gave is acknowledging what you have power over and what you don't have power over. So that really helps you either come up with solutions or coping strategies and also know what you should allow yourself to stress over and what you should stop yourself from stressing over because there's no solution because you do not have power over that space. Does that make sense? So I'm trying to do that with myself. There is a bit of helplessness here and there, but what I'm doing is really trying to support a lot of my friends like Billion in the last episode who has a food drive going on in Mathare and doing what I can for the people around me who need help. And help doesn't necessarily have to be financial help. It could be that somebody just wants you to call they just want somebody to talk to i found that i'm that person just yesterday i had a two hour long phone call with a very close friend of mine and i didn't realize before the phone call that that's exactly what i needed you know what i mean so yeah i'm trying to do that but there is that feeling of "Ah, i wish i could do more but back to adele what do you really have Control and power over. Yeah. What I want to get into now is the song I've been bumping this week. This song got me in trouble in my first radio job. I used to work at a radio station called 1FM. And it only played African music. I was co-hosting The Drive show. And even though it was African music, it was a lot of like pop. You know, your sing along-y songs, R&B, the commercial African songs. And I would always get into trouble. Well, my co-host and I would get into trouble for like sliding in songs that were against the radio station's music policy. But we thought these songs were really dope. They deserved airplay. And we wanted our show to be a space where people discover new and different African songs. One of the songs is the song I just rediscovered this week, which is by Kuli Chana. He is a rapper from South Africa. I told you guys may like hip-hop. That's why even I attempted to rap. (laughs) This song is called Hazardous Move, The funny thing about music is that it could be in a completely different language, but there's a vibe that it has that you just connect with. And this particular song, the beat is really old school. I don't know, it just always puts me in a good mood. And this week I was on my music app on my phone. I don't even know how I ended up looking for old African music. Old meaning 10 years ago. Then I stumbled on it and I was like, what? it took me back to that time it really took me back to a good time so i'm gonna put a link to that song in the description of this podcast check it out bop to it if you like it um if you don't and you're just like oh girl i need to upgrade your music taste you can share with me on the legally Keyless hotline a song that you are digging this week and i'll share it with everybody on the podcast so The hotline number is in the description as well. I think it's time for us to jump into 100 African Stories. And this episode, we're going to be doing it with a bit of a twist. 100 African Stories powered by Chippecash. Download it from your Play Store or App Store today to enjoy free cash transfers across Africa and beyond right from your phone. So before we get into the 100 African story that is on this episode, I want to put you on to Chipper Cash, which is a first-of-its-kind app where you can send and receive money across Africa and beyond for free. Yeah, free. Our favorite word here on Legally (laughs) Clueless. It's free for everyone, every time. And what that means is that there are no transaction fees. So... A bit of a backstory, I remember one of the greatest reality checks for me in this scam that is adulting (laughs) was going through my bank statement, not only looking at the payments that I'd made out, whether it was like utility bills or bills that I encounter with my business and my side hustles, but also totaling up how much the bank had charged me. In terms of transaction fees. For one transaction, it feels like it's a minimal amount. But let me tell you, when you total up that stuff, <laughs> it's not cool. It's it's really not cool. And I remember thinking while I was doing it, like, why did I even open this Pandora's box? Maybe ignorance is bliss, but... That's why I really love that Chipper Cash has no transaction fees, whether you're sending or receiving money, whether you're transferring money to or from a mobile money platform or a bank account, it is free. Now, when I say that you can send and receive money across Africa, I'm talking Kenya, woot woot, the 254. Um, our neighbors, Uganda, Tanzania, and Rwanda. I'm talking Nigeria, Ghana, and South Africa. And the Chipakash families adding on more African countries as we speak. I love that this is going to be a way to connect us on the continent. It's going to allow us to do business with each other in a cheaper manner, in a faster manner, in a more reliable manner. Because now you can accept payment from customers anywhere for your business and it's going to be easy for them. They're not going to be charged extra funny hidden costs (laughs) and it's also going to be easy for you as well. There is a lot more that you can do on your Chipper Cash app. You can pay bills, you can buy airtime and I already downloaded it on my Android phone. It's also available on iOS by the way. So if you look in the description box of this podcast, there's a link that will allow you to get on board ChipperCash. I would love to front and say I was amongst the first on the app. (laughs) But unfortunately, people didn't put me on. And by the time I joined, we were just about 1 million people using it already. So don't get left behind. Click that link. Get on Chipper Cash. Actually, just a few hours ago, I got Chipper Cash verified, which is just so cool. It's like a bonus to being able to send and receive money because now I have this really cool purple tick by my name. So, as you are listening to the 100 African story, I'm just about to play, click the link in the description, get on board Chipper Cash. It's first of its kind app, Connecting Africans. We can be able to do business with each other. And most importantly, those transaction fees do not exist because it's absolutely free. 100 African Stories. Send and receive money for free across Kenya, Uganda, Tanzania, Rwanda, Nigeria, Ghana, and South Africa. Fast, reliable, and free cash transfers with Chipper cash.
1: My name is Vivian. Vivian Wamboi. Wamboi is the name that I was given as a child. Mm-hmm. It's my grandmother's name. I come from Kenya, born in Nairobi, sort of like the east side of Nairobi, small place called Buruburu. I've experienced the whole city life. Mm-hmm. I've schooled in Nairobi as well mm-hmm. all my life. And when you go to school in the city, then you think that the whole world is like the city that you've grown mm-hmm. up in. That kind of life is very interesting because then... You sort of, like, become hardened at a very young age because you know that if you don't hold your hand back properly, it's going to get snatched. Mm-hmm. You remember, I don't know if I'm tarnishing my country, but there's a time <laughs> there were parking boys who, if they asked you for money or something and you didn't give them, they'd throw feces yeah. at you. So I've been in such scenarios. Yeah. Of course, was a, when I was a little bit younger, um... I think music has always been something I was interested in. I think it's a gift that God gave me when I was very young because I keep telling people I remember because we are three sisters. I also had a big brother, but he passed on, so we are three girls, and me and my older sister, especially we are we are not too far apart and so I remember any time my mom would leave chores I'd sing and, sing and sing and sing and sing and sometimes forget to do my chores because I'm like I want to be like Celine Dion or Mariah. And my mom would always complain, you're always singing instead of doing what I... So it's, I think even she was was saying it in an interview, that it's just something they got so used to me doing Mm -hmm. that they also didn't see it like it was something so special. Mm -hmm. But then now the schools that I went to, my primary school and my high school especially, I used to be in the choir and I used to lead. Mm -hmm. And so those things helped to develop and grow the talent that I had Mm -hmm. in music. Um, So the first time that someone outside my family spotted me in terms of my gifts uh, in singing, I was in primary school. It was my music teacher who was also the headmaster of the school. But he was a very young guy. I think fate or destiny really helped me move along because it's not a lot of people, the schools, excuse me, that you go to, especially in primary, Mm. encourage you to sing. He used to call me Brandy. So th- that would be like, you know, when you're young and such small things really encourage you. And so that's how I started singing and I would sing in this uh, prayer day. But I was extremely shy. There is a day I remember I was singing at a prize giving day. You remember the prize giving days for primary school? Yeah. And my voice just couldn't come out. It refused, And so someone else had to come in and lead. I think fear, you don't even know that you have it. But Anything that comes up in your head as an excuse not to do something Mm -hmm. is actually fear. Many times, even when I was recording my first song, I was afraid of saying exactly what I wanted. I was afraid. And even now it still creeps in a little Mm -hmm. bit. But now I'm more conscious about it. Mm -hmm. I'm more aware. And so I will take so much time working away the fear. Mm -hmm. So that by the time I come out with what I want... I'm just a force. After primary school, high school, school years, very supportive. Mm. Outside, real world, another thing altogether. <laughs> <laughs> now this is a real story. I clear high school. I did some, my A-levels, and then I studied marketing. Mm. But marketing, I, I did a diploma. Mm. Um, of which I don't even think I finished it. I remember my lecturer asking me, so I didn't finish it because there were issues with paying my school fees and such Mm -hmm. things. So I just left it and I I used to work even when I was in school. So I just said, now since I'm used to working, let Mm -hmm. me do my small marketing jobs. And you know the marketing jobs in Kenya are the sales jobs, you know, promoting a product in the supermarket Mm -hmm. and at the parking lot and in traffic and all those things. Mm -hmm. And so I did so much of that. And then I got my first serious job inside a showroom. But the money was very little. They used to pay Mm. me around 13,000 Kenya shillings, which is, I think, $130. And so, I mean, in a month, if you count the bus fare and Mm. if you want to eat, I mean, you barely have anything left. It was so hard. I said, oh, my God, there has to be something else I can do. I think I'm better than this. Inside me, I knew. And so my producer, Main Switch, which is where I started, which was uh, Jaguars studio, was... One of the biggest studios at that time. And luckily, which is really funny, my producer, we used to be in school together, in primary school. And we didn't lose contact because he went to Dagoretti and he used to play the main instrument for the Dagoretti band. But he was so good. I remember when we used to have uh, this national events mm-hmm. and the high schools used to play because he used to like hitting on girls. he disappeared. disappear my God, if he hears me, he'll kill me. He'd disappear and the whole band would be stranded because the main instrument, he's the only one who could play it. Mm-hmm. So they, everyone had to look for him to come and play it. He really has a good ear. He's taught himself musical instruments and all those things. Yeah. So we kept contact because now as a singer in high school, we'd meet at events. Mm-hmm. So when, at this time, I reached out on Facebook. I asked him, uh, I saw you working in Ogop. I said, actually, I opened my own studio mm-hmm. And we were looking for a female artist. Come. Eventually, I went and we started working on the process. And Adele, it was hard. Making music from zero, oh my God. I think that's one of my biggest vichapos, Amayisha. It's like panel beating until you become proper. The hard parts, just coming up with unique melodies. Mm. Coming up with the wording of a song. Words that are memorable. The theme of a song. Understanding the dynamics of just writing the song. The production part and the process of waiting for the song to come out, because many people think you go to a studio today and the song is out, and tomorrow mm. you put it out but it's a it's a long process of tweaking here mm. and adjusting here and giving some other expert to listen and hearing that opinion and working on it again and so it took me six months to release my first song and constantly going to the studio every week maybe twice a week and leaving sometimes very late at night and having to look for taxi money because it's still an investment you're not it's not, not paying you. And I'm not working mm. at this time, but I had set up a small shop near where I lived, just a movie shop. Sometimes I ha- close it so that I go to the studio. Mm-hmm. And so, of course, when you close business, it affects the returns of a business. Yeah. So it was a really strenuous six months. Yeah. yeah. Until now, even I ended up getting a karaoke gig just mm-hmm. so that I could balance my hesabu. It's really interesting. I think challenges create room for opportunities mm-hmm. and make you think. So I had to think, okay, now where else can I get money? What do I have? friend of mine told me "Eh, there's karaoke would you like to I said and I used to like going for the shows and so there's a new place that was opened and I was called to go and try I think they wanted cheap labor I think I was getting paid 2,500 per night Mm. and I did it for a while and it went so well and my karaoke career just blew over in a very short Mm. time and so those were some of the signs that were showing me that my purpose is aligned to music Mm. the first song was called dream and the song is about a dream that i had in my heart Mm. to be someone to make something out of my life when i was releasing dream this was in 2014 i got my baby in 2009 so my baby was five years old during this time i lived with my boyfriend at that time for about two years two years, three years. He is a good man. He was trying his best. He was very supportive. He was a DJ. Now here I am trying to pursue a music career and trying to raise a child and trying to pick up the role of wife that I have no experience in at all. So it was hectic. It was really hectic. It was, oh my God, out of this world, hectic because our, our relationship was very immature. And of course, we eventually broke up. We didn't have the foundation, the know-how to be able to understand how to keep our relationship moving. Yet still, it was just a whole big bad case of an immature relationship. Mm. Good intention, both of us, good-hearted, very hard-working, but we could not... You know, relationships require a lot of patience, a lot of... um, communication, proper communication, not shouting, you, you're not doing this, and you, you're, and you, last week, you did, you know, so we were still in that stage whereby our communication was horrible, we were not patient, we were young, we still wanted to live a full life, then we had a daughter, and it was hectic. I was around 22 when I gave birth. Okay, I've always been a little bit more mature than my age, so that helped me. I can tell you for sure, Adele, I have raised... My daughter, with a lot of support from my family, a lot of support from her father, but I have always been present as a mother. I have never taken my child to someone else to raise her. All through that turmoil, my number one responsibility was her. Never even my music was her. There are places, even the events, there are shows that I sometimes said no to. Because I didn't have anyone to leave her with. Mm. And I had now, even now, to do the karaoke jobs aggressively because I needed to feed her. Mm. And by this time, we had already separated with the father. And so just running a household mm. by myself. But I did it. So I was just a very happy-go-lucky young girl, very optimistic. Mm. And we released the song. And it would play often, often. And I remember even there are many times when I was in the public transportation and I'd hear my song play and I was so excited yeah. and I was looking at people. Loud. So I, I was I was excited about the release of that song. I was young and foolish a little bit, but I was still <laughs> I was still passionate because, you know, I thought I thought everyone, when you release a song, you just get played. But you realize, you know, those are things you can easily take for granted. It doesn't work like that. The people who release so many songs and no one cares and no one plays your songs. And, and for me to have a first song that got so much rotation, of course, it anchors, it, it adds on to your foolishness. But then you learn over time. I think... I had very many reality checks as per what the music industry in Kenya really is. Any young artist, and I see them even now, when you release a song, you think that the next day money is going to fall from somewhere. Mm. If you do not set up a structure that ensures that money is generated Mm. as a result of your music, and even understanding the aspect of consistently releasing music so that you have a body of work, because Mm. it's easier to attract revenue, With a body of work. And a body of work that makes sense and that's also acceptable, not just any body of work. And so that was one of my hardest reality checks. Mm -hmm. It still is sometimes. Making the music is one part. Making money from the music is another part altogether. And the thing with music is if you don't give it 100%, it will also not give you 100%. So you have to make the time to understand how to make money from it. Because if you do music as a side business it will also put you on the side. Mm. So at the beginning, oh my God, I had no idea that was how it worked. And I had to learn those things by fire. If not for the karaoke jobs that I used to do, I don't know how I would have survived because my music paid me For a show I did, it was not a lot of money, I think maybe just like 20k after two years, I Mm -hmm. think. And now when I started producing my own music and putting it on my own channel, then it was easier for me to monetize. Mm. But before that, I was working under a company. Mm. So they owned the rights to the music and all those things. So those are things that I had no idea, even understanding the importance of signing contracts and who, who owns what. And, and those discussions are still very difficult to have, but it's better to have that information rather than to be ignorant. But really understand that, you know, you can't focus on, on the hate on the industry. It's going to consume you. Because there's someone who will just hate you for nothing, someone who's in a position where they can influence and maybe they want to sexually abuse you, they want to, you get all those things, it's, it's a big mess. And it's easy to get bitter from that mess. Especially the first few years of my career, I've been in positions whereby music producers would want to take advantage of me. The process of making a song requires the artist and the music producer, though they're People who play both roles. Mm-hmm. You are the music producer and you're also the artist, but mm-hmm. you have to be very gifted for that. Creating a song, of course, the amount of input put in is heavy. You have to record, re record, rewrite, mm-hmm. you know, and the music producer has to be there through the process because it's its uh, like sharing creative ideas. Mm-hmm. So now someone uses that as bait because they know you can't produce your own mm-hmm. song. So that now. They tell you they're going to make a good song for you, but they want to sleep with you. They rope you in with a lot of, uh, I, I don't know, I would call it bait. Like they bait you. They tell you, ah, I know the perfect sound for you. I know how you can just uh, conquer the African market. Mm. Uh, just come to the studio. And then now they start setting timelines for the studio. Like They tell you 2 p.m., then they tell you 4 p.m., Then they tell you 7 p.m. Of course, you know, a lot of the studios, though now we have a number of professional studios, but many studios are bedroom studios. Mm. So, you know, even just how the environment is set up, it's like just to... to... (laughs) to capsize you as a woman. Having a music career, more than anything, has really exposed me to the extreme joys and the extreme pains of life. Mm -hmm. And that changes you on the inside in a way that is just out of this world. I would never have thought that I would become the woman I am now as a result of just pursuing a music career. We have to be able to understand that life has mistakes. Because in this generation, everyone wants to portray The glories and the perfect moments and the words you win and Mm. the but the vulnerabilities the weak points Mm. then no one wants to put those out yet we all go through those Mm. those moments not um, magnifying the problems but just knowing that. Problems will find you and life can be difficult mm. and it's okay. You'll get through it a day at a time. Some days will be better. Some days you'll have more joy than others. It's it's life. Mm. But now we want to portray every day is perfect. Every day you're killing it. Every day you have it. Every day you feel like conquering the world. But on some days you just wake up and you're like, geez, what? I can't do this. Like, no, let me just go back to bed, mm. you know? So I, 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 feel like embracing that kind of wholesome vibe Mm. is also helping me as a person. I went through a season whereby every day was a bad day.
0: Mm.
1: And we are allowed to have bad days once in a while. Mm. But when you have a bad day every day for three months, Mm -hmm. then... Okay, there is a problem, mm-hmm. clearly, and I feel like I was now getting into that space because I felt like, for a long time, I was using my own strength to sort of like try and stay afloat and mm-hmm. keep my relevant car- uh, my career relevant. And I was at the I was at the end. I was at the end. I didn't know what else to do. I, I just didn't know. I had tried almost everything. You know, there are some things you don't accept because if you can accept the fact that you have a certain role to play and especially if you're trying to to rock the boat Mm. people will not clap for you Mm. and so just understanding that it's okay if people don't clap for me the right people will I I think I'm so happy that I got I was able to get out of that space Mm. you know when you're in the glare of the public. And even as an industry, and people are always pointing out to the things that you're doing wrong. You start taking that as the truth. And then you start telling yourself those things. Mm. You start saying, maybe I'm not that good a musician. Maybe that I've not been releasing good songs. Maybe I'm not you know it destroys you completely mm. and you lose sight instead of having a relationship with God who knows who you are you start living your life based on worldly standards mm. and people will never be satisfied with anything me now right so um i wish my husband would say something he's really good with those purpose mm. talks and he's he's really played like a really integral part sam where are you
2: <laughs> she didn't even say my dear husband. Oh, she yeah. said uh, m-
1: My loving sweetheart. <laughs> this is your time.
2: Okay, so so I I'm always trying to make Vivian aware of who she is as a person mm-hmm. and understanding her role in this world and why she's existing. Mm-hmm. Because purpose is one of the most important things in life. Without purpose, you are walking blindly. Mm-hmm. You have no direction. You are just heading towards an unknown direction. And and one of the key things I tell her, they are usually like the five human questions I keep asking her all the time. The first question is, who am I? And it's a very tough question for people to answer. Then, where did I come from?
0: Mm-hmm.
2: And then, why am I here? Now that I'm here, what can I do? And then, where am I going? Those are tough questions that make you think beyond just what you see, because people just think they are here just to live a life, pay bills, or just take care of their children, Mm -hmm. or just work, have Mm -hmm. a career. There's more to life, and there's that specific thing that you are created to do, Mm -hmm. and, and Once you figure out where you're going, your life becomes very tight Mm -hmm. and very easy. So unless someone now starts looking within themselves, not outwardly but inwardly, and looking at what is it that I am so happy, what is it that I'm so passionate, what are these ideas that keep coming into my Mm -hmm. head and I want to do them, because those ideas are not there for as a mistake. Mm -hmm. So one of the ways for finding your purpose is also looking inside and looking at what is it that has been deposited and what are these gifts that I can bring out? Norma- the first thing I normally tell people is I have like these things, I normally call them the six Ps. <laughs> so, purpose, finding your purpose, knowing exactly what you're all about. And then also you need to be passionate, especially in coming to things in regard to your giftings and all that. And then you also need to plan. So that because you might have ideas, may have strategies, but if you're not planning, nothing will come yeah. out. And then you also need to have the right people in your life because mm-hmm. once you know where you're going, you need to have the right quorum around you. Mm-hmm. And then you need to be have something called perseverance. Mm-hmm. And then the last thing, and normally we tell people, is prayers because there's power when you connect with the creator who created you. So that's what I would advise anyone who is actually looking at uh, in brief, at at uh, reaching out and pursuing their purpose.
0: A hundred African stories Buy airtime at a discount via ChipaCash. Download the ChipaCash app on your Play Store or App Store and enjoy free cash transfers across Africa and beyond. Only with ChipaCash. So if you check out the description of this podcast, there's a link for you to click and download Chipper Cash today. As you're doing that, a big shout out to Vivian. I loved how frank she was about the music industry. There's a lot that goes on behind the scenes, a lot that we don't see. We only see the glam and the entertaining bits of it. But there is a lot of darkness behind the scenes. And I feel like that's pretty similar to like the media industry as well. So I appreciate how frank she was about it. Make sure you check out her music. I'll put a link in the description to her YouTube channel so you can check out her music and also to her social media platform so you can start following her. Her husband, Sam, oh my word, there was a lot of insight he shared on trying to figure out what your passion is. It's so funny because sometimes I'm like, yes, I found what my passion is. I know what sets my soul on fire. And then... A few months or even years into doing that thing, I'm like, ah, oh. <laughs> is it really this? Or, um, yeah, man, <laughs> I, I'm still on that journey of trying to figure out, I think, podcasting and storytelling and being at the forefront of telling African stories and creating a space where African stories can be told loudly and boldly is down my papa's lane <laughs> but i'm still uncovering it and i'm still digging a bit deeper because i know there's more does that make sense i don't know if you're on the same journey as well but i completely resonated with the things that he was saying about trying to find your purpose. Do remember that you can join the Legally Clueless tribe. All you have to do is head over to Instagram, search at Legally Clueless Podcast, follow, and you're in. And that's it for this episode of Legally Clueless. You can share this podcast with your friends. You can keep it for yourself. I'm not judging. Just make sure you're here next week for the next episode.